Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the book of Romans with this message entitled, Abraham, Our Father. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 4. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us to understand how we have become children of God, how we are saved. May we not trust in anything that is external, circumcision or baptism or anything else. Help us, O Lord, to understand that it is the miraculous internal work of the Holy Ghost that regenerated us that we may repent of our sins and trust savingly in Jesus Christ the only Savior the Savior of the Jews and the Gentiles who believe in you we pray in Christ's name Amen Amen. Abraham our father Romans 4 9 through 12 Sometimes when I order meat in a restaurant, I would say I want my meat well done because I am Jewish, all in good humor. (laughs) Yet the truth is, I am a child of Abraham. And truly Abraham is our father. That is what this text is telling us. Everyone who believes in Jesus Christ, the son of David, son of Abraham, whether Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, is a true child of God and therefore a true child of Abraham. And in the four verses of our text, Romans 4, 9 through 12, the word circumcision or uncircumcision appears 12 times. So I want to speak to you three things. Circumcision or sacrament does not save anyone. Second, circumcision's true meaning. And the third, the divine purpose of circumcision, which God decreed to Abraham. The Jews maintained that Abraham was their father only. It was a point of their great pride. And it was startling to them to hear that Abraham was the father of all believers, Jew or Gentile. Remember Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greeks. Paul argues that this blessedness he spoke about of David and Abraham, that is, this forgiveness of sins, this justification by faith, this gift of the righteous status, 
is not only for the circumcised Jews, but also for the uncircumcised Gentiles. This gospel of universal salvation, Paul preached, was aimed at the destruction of Jewish pride and superiority. Friends, Christianity knows no discrimination. There is no difference. Man has been creating difference all the time in any society, in any nation. Differences. So that one can look down upon another. There is no difference. All have sinned. God has leveled everybody by that statement of the universality of sin. And God in Jesus Christ saves all who truly believe. Before God, one people group is not superior to another people group. Gospel dis destroys all sinful human pride. God is one, and there is one people of God, and therefore there is only one way of salvation. Paul had argued and established the truth that justification is by faith in Jesus Christ, chorus ergon, apart from works of the law. But he anticipates the argument of Jewish unbelief. See, you argue one point, then unbelief comes in another way. What about God-ordained circumcision? What relevance does circumcision have with reference to the salvation that you are speaking about? They are saying, can we not say salvation is by faith plus something? Plus circumcision. Paul argues, no. Circumcision has no material or essential bearing upon one's salvation. So he asks, he comes up with the historical argument. When was Abraham justified by faith? Before he was circumcised or after he was circumcised. This I said is a historical argument. A scriptural argument from the Old Testament. How foolish it is for some Christian people who walk about just the New Testament. They refuse to read the Old Testament. They are fools. We must read the whole Bible. There is unity of revelation. Old and New Testament are the very authoritative word of God. Old Testament promises messianic salvation. And New Testament tells us the fulfillment of that messianic salvation in Jesus Christ. The truth is, Abraham was circumcised at age 99, Genesis 17. 
some 14 years after he was declared righteous in Genesis 15. Certain rabbis maintain that Abraham was circumcised 29 years after his faith was credited to him unto righteousness. So he was justified while he was a Gentile. Long before he was circumcised. That means, friends, Abraham did not earn his salvation by good works, by his obedience, by his circumcision. The Jews maintained that their circumcision was not only a mark on their body, but also means of their salvation. Paul argues from scripture that circumcision was not the cause or ground of Abraham's salvation. Remember, the Jews would call the Gentiles uncircumcised and defiled. Look down upon them. You read this Isaiah 52, 1 and Acts 11 and verse 3. Jews were proud of their circumcision. To them, their circumcision was the passport to heaven. They believed no one circumcised would go to hell. They believed that Gentiles should first become Jews by conversion and circumcision before they could be saved. To them, circumcision was a necessary condition for salvation. But Paul puts no confidence in circumcision for his salvation. He tells us that he was circumcised on the eighth day, but was not saved. He was proud of these things. Concerning the righteousness of the law, he says he was perfect, but he was not saved until he put his faith in Jesus Christ. Turn with me to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 9, beginning with Verse 24, but let him who boasts, boast about this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will punish all who are circumcised only in the flesh. For all these nations are really uncircumcised and even whole house of Israel is uncircumcised in heart. That goes for baptism. That goes for any sacrament. Turn to Romans 2. Beginning with verse 28. A man is not a Jew if he is only one outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a man is a Jew if he is one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the Holy Spirit. 
We'll turn to the book of Acts chapter 15. This issue was dealt with in the council of Jerusalem. In the light of what happened on Cornelius' house when Peter ministered to them. Acts 15 verse 1. Some men came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. Look at verse 9. He made no distinction between us and them, St. Peter said, us and the Jews, for he purified their hearts by faith. And verse 11. No, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved just as they are. The whole assembly became silent as they listened to Barnabas and Paul telling about the miraculous signs and wonders God had done among the Gentiles through them. Turn with me to the book of Galatians and take a look at this and let us stop Glory in things external. Galatians 5 and verse 2. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. And verse 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Acts 6, beginning with verse 12. Those who want to make a good impression outwardly are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised obey the law, yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your flesh. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation brought about by the mighty miracle of regeneration by the Holy Ghost. Paul himself was circumcised on the eighth day, but as I said, that did not save him. So if salvation is by grace through faith and not by works, and not even by the particular work God ordained, which is circumcision, then the question is, why did God ordain that Abraham and his descendants be circumcised? True circumcision is a command of God, and it is a blessing when understands its, its true divine significance. So we want point number two, the meaning of circumcision, or the meaning of sacraments. And we are told that it is a sign and it is a seal of righteousness of faith. It's a sign. It is given to Abraham as a sign of the covenant. Ort berit. 
which he ratified in Genesis 15. Sign of the covenant of God's salvation relationship. A sign points to a greater reality. Sign is not the reality. Sign is external, it is visible, it is material, it is pointing to a greater reality. Charles Hodge of Princeton says, what answers well as a sign is a miserable substitute for the thing signified. That sign you saw while driving on the freeway, McDonald 10 miles is no restaurant. You cannot go to the sign and get food and drink. So you drive 10 miles and arrive at the reality to which the sign pointed. There you get your hamburgers and french fries and strawberry milkshake. <laughs> Abraham's circumcision at age 99 pointed to his prior justification. So circumcision, Paul argues, is not the ground or the necessary condition of our salvation. Or another illustration, a wedding ring is not what brought about your marriage relationship. In fact, I tell you <laughs> a truth. When myself and my wife got married... We didn't have any wedding rings at all. And we are still married. A wedding ring is pointing to a prior reality. And may remind us of our ongoing responsibility to one another. Number two, it is seal. Circumcision or baptism is seal of the righteousness of faith. Circumcision, like baptism, is also a seal. A seal is that by which anything is confirmed, authenticated, or guaranteed. It is something that confirms the truth or reality of something else. The mark of circumcision Abraham received in his body at age 99 confirmed to him his righteous status, which he received from God. 14 years or so before. So this circumcision has no independent value. It is no passport to heaven. It is confirming and comforting because it assures us of the reality of our justification by faith before. But it is not protective of our salvation. The seal and stamp on my photo in my passport, and I have dozens of passports. The seal and stamp on my photo in my passport do not make me a citizen of the United States. In fact, you cannot get a passport unless you are a citizen. But it confirms guarantees, assures that I am a citizen of the United States. 
the seal on my degrees do not make me a scholar. It assures and confirms that I am. The seal did not do it. I had to go to the university many years to study and pass several examinations. So the seal on my degrees presupposes the existence of things sealed. Dr. Boyce speaks about the doubts that plagued the great reformer Martin Luther. In his final days, he questioned the whole value of Reformation. He questioned his own faith, as I have done several times. He questioned even the work of Jesus Christ. But when such doubts came to him one after another, he would write, Baptizatus sum. I have been baptized. That baptism was a sign and a seal for the reality of his salvation in Jesus Christ. I've been baptized. I belong to Jesus Christ. So he reminded himself of his baptism. It confirmed and assured him of his prior salvation. By grace through faith alone. Thirdly. Sacraments divine purpose. Why God gave this circumcision to Abraham. There is a divine purpose which St. Paul discloses to us. In verse 11 and 12. God gave this sign. This seal of circumcision to Abraham. After he was justified by faith alone. For a purpose. What is it? Number one. That Abraham might be the father of all Gentiles. Who believe and be saved Though uncircumcised, that's why I proudly say that I, a Gentile, am truly a child of Abraham. There is no one way of salvation for the Jews and another way of salvation for the Gentile. There is only one way for every sinner. This is the way of faith in Jesus Christ, God's Son. Why was Abraham justified before he was circumcised? And St. Paul reveals to us the reason. To demonstrate that one needs not to be circumcised in order to be justified by grace through faith. Abraham was uncircumcised when God of glory justified him by faith. So God can justify all Gentiles. All uncircumcised by their faith. So Abraham is the father of all believers who are not circumcised. Most of us are Gentiles. Not circumcised. In the biblical sense. But believed in Jesus Christ and we are saved. There is no discrimination. We are children of Abraham. 
as God credited Abraham righteousness of God in view of his faith, even so to a believing Gentile, God reckons righteousness of God through his faith, though uncircumcised. So Abraham truly is the father of all believers. The blessing of Abraham through his seed, Jesus Christ, comes to all people for he said in Genesis 12 and Genesis 18 and especially in Genesis 22 verse 18 all the nations of the earth will be blessed through your offspring that is Jesus Christ secondly the purpose is Abraham also is the father of believing Jews though circumcised for Abraham was circumcised, though after his justification. So he is the father of the Jews, not because they are circumcised, but because we are told they believe as Abraham believed. They walk in the steps of the faith of Abraham. He was called by God of glory when he was in idolatry. He was called when he was 75 years of age and he lived 100 years walking in faith. And he died in faith. So Abraham is also the father of all Jewish people who walk in the faith of Abraham. Gentile or Jew must walk in faith in the footprints of the faith of Abraham. Walk in file, not abreast, following in Abraham's footprints of faith life. Jew or Gentile must become a disciple of Abraham. Who was a disciple of Jesus the Messiah? Jesus said, Abraham desired to see my days and he saw it and he was glad. All along Abraham was believing in the Messiah promised to him by God the Father. And this Messiah said, follow me. Deny yourselves, take up the cross daily, and follow me through death unto life everlasting. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 11, follow me as I follow the Lord. We walk by faith and not by sight, faith in God and in his holy scripture. Paul is speaking to all believers, imitate Abraham's faith, not his circumcision. The word follow, in step with, that word is used in Galatians 5 and verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Follow in Spirit's footprints. Follow Jesus in his footprints. Not create your own way. Follow him. Only few Jews who believed in Jesus. Turn with me to Romans chapter 9. He deals with this issue with great sorrow. Romans 9 beginning with verse 6. It is not as though God's word had failed. For not all who are descended from Israel are Israel. All Christians are not Christians. All Israel are not Israel. 
There is the larger circle of Christians and there is a small circle inside who are true Christians. There is a large circle of Jews, but there is a small one who are true believers. Not because they are his descendants. Not because they are his descendants are they all Abraham's children. On the contrary, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. In other words, it is not the natural children who are God's children, but it is the children of the promise who are regarded as Abraham's offspring. For this was how the promise was stated. At the appointed time, I will return and Sarah will have a son. All claimed they were Abraham's descendants. As Christians claim, we are. Christians. That doesn't mean a thing. They boasted in their circumcision and they boasted that they descended from Abraham. And they claimed to be children of Abraham, heirs of eternal salvation. Jesus said, your father is not Abraham for he believed in me. But you do not. Your father is the devil. And I have seen Christians whose father was still the devil no matter what they professed. Whether they were baptized or not baptized, joined the church, gave money to the church, it meant nothing. Children of the devil. The truth is, the father of every unbeliever is the devil. Until God in his great love and rich mercy makes us children of God. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians to prove this point that all unbelievers are children of the devil. Ephesians 2, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit, demonic spirit, who is at work in those who are children of disobedience. And if you are disobeying God, then you are, your father is the devil. Because your nature is the nature of your father, the devil, which is disobedience and unbelief. All of us also lived among them at one time. He includes himself, St. Paul gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts like the rest. We were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ. So God is the father of all believers. So Abraham is the father of all believers. All people who were characterized by faith in God. What does it mean, father of all believers? It is stated in Genesis. Turn to Genesis chapter 4. All believers, the meaning is right here, chapter 4 of Genesis, verse 20 and 21. And gave birth to Jabal. He was the father of those who lived in tents and raised livestock. It is speaking about character. They lived in tents and raised livestock because his father lived in tents and raised livestock. Verse 21, his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all who play the harp and flute. That was their character. 
Saint Abraham is the father of all who believe in Jesus Christ. Who are justified by grace through faith plus nothing. Circumcision divides. Faith in Jesus Christ unites us. There is no discrimination. The gospel is for all. Jesus receives all sinners, Gentiles or Jews. If we believe we belong to the seed of Abraham, Jesus Christ. And we are heirs of God. Heirs together with Abraham and joined heirs with Jesus Christ. We are saved by faith alone. Not faith plus circumcision or baptism or anything else. All believers are children of Abraham. All unbelievers are not children of Abraham. They are children of the devil. The father of all lies. Turn with me to 16th verse of Romans 4. Therefore the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring not only to those who are of the law but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. Galatians chapter 3 verse 17 make this very plain. And here we read Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. Those who believe. Let me ask you, friends, are you children of Abraham? Characterized by faith in Jesus Christ alone, who died for our sins on the cross and raised for our justification. If not, I tell you the truth. You are children of the devil, children of disobedience. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham, Jew or Gentile, black or white, rich or poor, master or slave, male or female. Do you have faith in Jesus Christ? Do you walk in the footsteps of the faith of Abraham before he was circumcised? Do not boast that you are a citizen of America, citizen of a Christian country, born into a Christian family. You attended Sunday school, Christian school, baptized, member of a Bible-believing church. You take Holy Communion weekly. You give to the church, serves in the church. You are a missionary. You are a pastor. You are a bishop or you are a pope. It means nothing. Circumcision cannot save anybody, neither baptism or anything else we do. So we see baptismal regeneration is a falsehood. That baptism produces salvation. Baptism produces life. I don't believe in magic. Neither the scripture. It is the Holy Spirit that raises people from the dead and give them life in Jesus Christ. Baptism cannot save you even if administered by an archbishop. Circumcision cannot save you. Jesus Christ saves you from your sins. Only believe. When Christ died on the cross, the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom. No more barrier 
for us to come to God through Jesus Christ. And when Christ died on the cross, he also destroyed the dividing wall of hostility between Jew and Gentile and man and man and woman and woman. We are all one in the spirit, one in the Lord, one in the faith. We are of one body. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 3. I will just read chapter 3 and verse 6. This mystery is that though through the gospel the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. There is no superiority. There are Jewish Christians who pretend they are a little superior to Gentile Christians. And they throw a little bit of Hebrew here and there and and then somehow you look up to me. I don't look up to you. Because you are not superior to me. Because the text says through the gospel the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. Members together of one body and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. Or turn with me to chapter 3 of Ephesians, beginning with verse 14. For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Jew, Gentile, brothers and sisters, one family, one God, one spirit. And you read chapter 4, it will tell you seven reasons for unity. Circumcision is nothing. What matters is a new creation. We are all sons of God. And so we are all sons of Abraham. We are all spiritual Israel of God. We are blessed with the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is circumcision? What is baptism? What is the Lord's Supper? They are signs pointing to the greater reality of Christ and our identification with him, our salvation in him. They seal to us our blessings we have already received when we trusted in Christ. They declare to us when you are about to die, God is our Father. Abraham is our father. And we are one. We are people of God. They comfort us. They confirm to us our acceptance by God. Our fullness of salvation in Christ. It authenticates, assures that we have friends passed from death to life. From hell to heaven. From darkness to light. From fear to eternal confidence. From hopelessness to the hope of the glory of God. Believe in Jesus and be saved now. Time is short. Live for God. Heavenly Father, help us to believe in your Son, Jesus Christ. There is no other savior. No one else who died and rose again for our salvation. We pray that those who are outside of Jesus Christ have mercy upon them. 
help them to believe in Jesus Christ and be saved. You can perform miracle and taking children of the devil and making them children of God. Perform mighty miracle in the midst of your people, O God. And those who are in Christ, help us to pay attention to the words of our sister. Life is short. Live for God. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio of this message entitled, Abraham, Our Father. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.